What's up, everyone? It's Michael Scotto, HoopsHype.com's NBA writer and host of the HoopsHype podcast. On today's episode, we'll discuss the league's hottest team, the Phoenix Suns. It's been an interesting start so far with DeAndre Ayton's extension failing to get done before the season, but the Suns got one done with Mikhail Bridges and also Landry Shamit. Uh, then you got the Robert Sarver investigation that captured all the headlines to start the year. Uh, now Phoenix is on a 13-game winning streak, and Chris Paul has dodged father time like a defender in the pick and roll. You know, CP3 somewhere in the MVP discussion. So with that in mind, I wanted to bring on Dwayne Rankin, who covers the Suns with the Arizona Republic, to dive into all these topics with me today as we have a Suns theme edition on the pod. Dwayne, how you doing, brother? Appreciate you hopping on the line with me. I'm good. I'm good. How y'all doing? Not bad, brother. Um, You know, Dwayne, I mean, right off the bat, I wanted to talk to you about DeAndre Ayton's situation. I mean, clearly he was upset that an extension didn't get done coming off uh, a trip to the finals and the way that he played in the playoffs. Um, You know, so far this season, I've been told that he's happy and he's because he loves winning and his goal is to play at an all-star level and get back to the championship with the Suns, and then the rest of it is going to play itself out. You know, kudos to Monty Williams and Mark Bryant who've been able to get through to him to to keep his mindset in a good place. Uh, you know, this guy's just on the edge of being top fifteen in player efficiency in the league right now. Uh, Dwayne, from being around DeAndre on a daily basis uh, on this beat, from your vantage point, what has been his mindset? Um, with these guys so far, and and how's he dealing with that lack of uh, the extension when the Suns need him most this season? I, I think just for starters, part of the issue with not getting the extension was other guys getting the max extension, and and him believing that you know he's he, he's just as important as those guys are, and because he went to the finals, now obviously he has to help Chris Paul and Devin Booker. But he, he got to the finals. He was an intricate part of that. So so he so he's looking at that, and then he's looking at the guys that did get the maxes, and he's like, hey, you know, the whole part of the respect thing was was, was huge for him, and, and not getting it was a sign of disrespect, um, and, and you know, in his estimation. So, but that was off the rip. And then, you know, when it doesn't happen, and there's a lot of well this wasn't really offered or this was offered or we never discussed it or we did discuss it or that. So now you've got a situation where you have a, a guy's future uh, on the line and he's trying to figure all this out in a short off season and, and get ready to try to, to, uh, to try to get help the Suns get back to a championship. But that's on the brain. I mean, that's going to be on the brain all year. I mean, it, it has to be because, because of what, uh, was on that table, so so I don't see how you can avoid that. But at the same time, I believe that you know just 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 with him yesterday, uh, he he's big on the whole idea, like you said, of winning a championship. And and I haven't seen that the focus is there with him just coming back from that injury. Like you can see, like him making plays that he hadn't made before, him doing things that he hadn't done before. And 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 him, they're getting him the ball. I mean, he's had more multiple shot attempts in his last few games. And I mean, you know, he averaged ten shot attempts a game last year. 
he's had games where he's attempted 16, 17, 13, 14. You know, he's getting looks, and they're finding different ways of getting the ball. And so uh, you have winning, and you're getting your opportunities to make that imprint on the team, and you get along with the guys on the team. You know, that the basketball part is fine. I, I believe that he feels that he is uh, not only a valuable contributor, but can do more. And that's the thing that's crazy about him is that he believes he can, you know, that he can do more. And the, the workload should increase in terms of what they're being, what they're asking him to do. And so when you add all that up, you know, it's a guy that's on a team that's the hottest in the league. And then on top of that, he's doing so much in terms of being a part of that here lately. Oh, it, it, you know, they're definitely uh, happy and he's definitely happy right now. And winning cures a lot of things. But uh, a lot of this, too, is, you know, he's playing for that future. And if he keeps playing like this and they make another deep run, well, that negotiation that went on <laughs> went on this past offseason, there's going to be some serious discussions <laughs> going into uh, the next offseason. So he, he's setting that table early right now of, of what the, he is and, and what he will command uh, come next offseason. I mean, he certainly helped himself in that regard. And you look to head towards the summer of 22. Um, teams with outright cap space, you got the Pistons, Magic, and the Spurs. Not really a good fit for the Magic. I certainly think the Pistons or the Spurs could use a guy like that. And then if you look at teams around the $20 million projected space, uh, at least according to Spotrack, uh, you know, the Grizzlies, the Thunder, the Knicks, you know, certain teams that are, are, are intriguing to watch. I think if he leaves ultimately – uh, and he plays at this level, it would be via sign and trade, you know, if, if Phoenix doesn't uh, come correct and get ready to pay this guy. I mean, like I said, if he plays the way he does, I think he's going to get a max or if not extremely close to it. Um, but I, I think he's certainly helped himself, you know, with Joel Embiid out and uh, Jokic out. This guy has looked like, uh, you know, arguably one of the top, if not the top centers in the league right now with the way he's playing at Phoenix on this run? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, but you know Embiid will be back. You know Jokic will be back. Rudy, I thought Rudy Gobert had a, had a, had a really good start uh, to the season. I think it was earlier in the first few games I've, I noticed his numbers. And so, you know, but Aiden is in the, is, is in the conversation. A lot of that is because, you know, they're winning. And I think he understands that. It goes hand in hand. I think he, he understands that if, if, if the Suns win, then his value raises. Like, he could be putting up these numbers now. He could even be putting up better numbers. But if the team was losing, then it'd be like, all right. But his numbers, combined with the winning, is increasing his value. And so I, I, he, he understands that. So that's obviously playing a, playing a part in it. But I mean, right now, like I said, the, the, the layers that he's showing uh, here with putting the ball on the floor, and then that that's something that that's the next step. You know, can he do? Can he can he get stuff uh, off the bounce and put pressure on the rim in that way? We know the lob threat, but can he do it? Can he score in different ways and get to that free throw line? To me, that's been the next step for him too. Get to the line. He's averaging like two to two and a half free throws for his career. No one is talented and as gifted physically as him. That number should not be that low. 
So that number to me has to go up. And him now putting the ball on the floor a little bit can help that cause. Can help that cause. So he, he's that's what again, that's what's crazy about him, is that as good as he's playing, <laughs> he's got other he's got he's got more options. <laughs> there's more there's more there's more to be had. And uh that's 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 scary. You really you know, you really want to get on. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you talk about his play with this team on this in this hot streak, and then you also look at uh, Chris Paul, who, in my opinion, I'm not saying he's the MVP of the league, but I think he's certainly somewhere in the conversation with the way that he's kind of guided this team. I mean, how has this guy been able to avoid father time, uh, Dwayne, through through this point? Because you know, it it seemed like last year was his chance to really get that elusive championship he's been seeking. But, you know, at 36, he's still doing his thing. You know, he's averaging 14 and 10, and um, he, he still looks like the Chris Paul that we've seen for over 15 years at this point. Well, first off, you know, he, you know, he, he made some changes with the diet that helped. You know, but those, those, he made those changes earlier. So now that, that, that's paying off even more now. Second, you know, he, he plays below the rim. That helps. Now, the guys that play above the rim playing that long, uh, you know, that, 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 that's, that's taxing on the body. But he plays below the rim. And, and so that, I, I believe that helps him out as well. And, and look, he, he has figured out a way to not only uh, play at a high level, but no win to play at that level. I mean, he, can, he, he goes through games where the first three quarters, he just passed the ball around. And then the fourth quarter, he, you know, he, he does his thing. And so I believe that the Suns have figured out a way of, of the rest. Monty is that stuck to the rotation midway first quarter, get him out of there. You know, and it, 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 and if Chris, even if, and sometimes even if Chris is playing pretty good, he'll take him out. So he, he's being diligent about that, about these minutes. Because he knows that, 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 you know, they, when you go to the finals and then you bring everyone pretty much back, I mean, that's where your thought is. I mean, you, you know, teams that are trying to become something are worried or, you know, on, on that regular season kick. But when you, when you go to the finals and you know that grind that goes with it, you know, you start, you know, you start banking minutes, banking minutes here, banking minutes there. And, and Chris, and they're doing that with him. They, you know, they're trusting that Cameron Payne will play well. They're trusting that they can bring Shamit in and he can play with Booker. They're trusting other guys on the team. So he doesn't have to carry this load like he did in other spots where he had to do pretty much everything. He doesn't have to do that with this, with this team. He's a leader, no doubt about it. He makes, he makes play after play. Uh, in a situation where in the fourth quarter he's going to get his. And so I think that that ability to do that is going to be there. But I think also that the, 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 the team he's around, and this isn't a one man show. So, so, you know, you've got guys that, that know their roles. He likes his teammates a lot. <laughs> like, like, like he really has a genuine affinity for these guys. And so that helps too. You could be in situations where you're playing well and you don't, you don't like the guys you're playing with or you've got issues with them and that doesn't help the cause. But again, all the, all the things are 
working in his favor. And, and if he got a head coach that truly uh, has, has an understanding of who he is and having obviously coached him earlier in his career, and then they, that all works together. So, so there's a lot that's playing into how he plays. But at the end of the day, um, to be 36 years old, doing what he's done, doing it tremendous. He should be in the MVP conversation. I, I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say he's the front runner because Steph Curry, to me, is the front runner. I don't even think. I, I think it's Steph and everybody else. Like you really want to get on. But Chris is right there, like he was last year. He, he's, he's been, he's been a difference maker to the point with this team that they would not be here. They wouldn't have gone to the finals last year without him. They wouldn't be 14 and three without him. And so. You talk about the actual word, most valuable player, he fits it to a T. So he should be in the conversation. No question about that. You know, Dwayne, you touch on um, obviously his MVP candidacy with this team. And, you know, Devin Booker is obviously their, their top scorer. When I look at Booker, I think, you know, the deep finals run and then the fact that this guy went to Team USA, you know, helped them win. Um, I, I wondered if that was going to be a lot of mileage on him. I know he's a young guy, but that's a very quick turnaround to, to come back and start the, the NBA season. When, when you're looking at, at Devin Booker thus far, does he have a little bit of uh, a post team USA fatigue to him at all? Maybe, um, just in, in terms of, you know, his shooting and, and whatnot. I mean, he he's still putting up good numbers. I'm not I'm not saying that he's not. It just I was curious if there was any concern from the Phoenix Suns organization about maybe monitoring him a little bit, just coming off a deep playoff run to the finals and then post uh Team USA, uh given that that long stretch and quick turnaround coming into the year. Well, they monitored him during the preseason. I mean, he hardly did anything. I mean, he was he was <laughs> he was he was kicking back. Kicking back and relaxing. He didn't play until the last preseason game. So, so they did a lot of that before the season even started. And then, you know, he, he, he's, he's, oh, you know, highly competitive. So once the game starts, you know, he's thinking, hey, let's go. No, he's thinking, let's go play. And so, and so I, I think there are times where uh, some of these games that they played have been closer than they probably should be. That could be something that's impacting his his play, uh, but at the same time, you know he is just. I mean, like you say, he's got he's twenty five, and I know this is his seventh year in the league, but he's he's in that prime, he's in that prime uh, age bracket here, and so 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 Devin, as far as the fatigue, you can see it in his shot, but then there's been years that. He shot the same way, and it was no no Olympics, no playoffs. You know what I mean? So, so he he goes through that. It's most one of the most interesting players in terms of, you know, before he was active through a bunch of other stuff, he he was knocking down that three in the high third. Now he's doing everything. He's doing a lot of stuff, and it's down in the like mid low third. So, is that because he's required to do more? Is it because they had a he, he, they they made that run in the finals, which went into July, and then he did the Olympics in August. I, I think that you, you can't just discredit the whole idea of 
doing the Olympics after the deep finals run, after making ever get into the finals, has impacted him. But when you talk to him, he's you know he's talked about adjusting to the new basketball. Uh, yeah, he's talked about other things. He hasn't, you know, to, to, to sit there and expect Devin Booker to use fatigue as a reasoning for why he's not doing what he normally does or doing it as consistently as he would like, that you're not going to get that. So uh, he's, he's someone that's going to, in his mind, you know, battle through it. And, and uh, there's going to be games, yeah, I, I think from probably here until – I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe some in the next month they got some days in between games. You might see him play even better in December than he is right now. Uh, but they got like 16 games and 30 days in November. So he's not going to be the only one with, 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 with weak legs. Uh, <laughs> you're going to see a lot of that. Uh, even down down this down this back stretch here where they've got Cavs, Knicks, Nets, and Warriors. So, uh, but. I, I could see that, but I, I think it's. I, I think he's. I think he's been fine. Um, you know, like I said, this is. Uh, a, this is a team situation here, and he 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 loves that. He loves the idea that it's a team uh, concept. But he's letting it fly now. <laughs> he, you know, he, he's getting his shots off. But I think that 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 that, that that's a factor. But I don't think it's a bigger factor than may appear. You know, we talk about, you know, Aiton's contract, you know, CP3 playing at an MVP level and, you know, Devin Booker doing his thing, scoring the ball. Um, but starting the year, um, you know, obviously the Robert Sarver investigation kind of took a lot of the headlines from this team and uh, it kind of hovered over them a little bit like a dark cloud. But, um, you know, as far as I've heard, you know, they're the lawyers that are, you know, doing the investigation and stuff, they're, they're meeting with staff members, um, you know, with Phoenix to, you know, as part of the uh, investigation that's ongoing. I was just curious if you had heard um, any update on your end from where the investigation is uh, currently in regards to Robert Sarver. Well, first, I mean, if you just look at, again, I've been saying, if you just look at, the time frame of this, uh, you know, the, you know, the whole cliche, not going to leave any stone unturned. And I, I get all that, but what, what, if you look at just what the, what the investigation time was with, when they, they investigated the Mavericks, same, same law firm. And so I believe it was like eight months. So they're at the very early, just based off of that very early stage of this. And, I think that, you know, people being able to talk with what, without the worry of someone knowing they talk helps, obviously. But you're talking about as far as the team, um, I, in some weird way, because this is serious stuff. I mean, stuff that the allegations that were in, that, were in the article about Baxter Holmes, it's just serious stuff. And so, you know, in some ways has brought the team uh, tighter uh, in terms of the focus, in terms of what they, and that just seems like so like, like, come on, man. But I believe there's some truth in it. And, but the players have talked about it. It, it, it is difficult to, to not get distracted by it. You know, Jay Crowder spoke to me about that like it was last week. He was like, you could easily get distracted. And so it's obviously in their heads. 
it's obvious in terms of what they're doing. Um, you can't you can't shake that. But when you're winning, uh, like I said, winning cures a lot of stuff. And and and, and so um, from 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 what I've discussed with people, you know, it, it, it's in the same realm in terms of who's being talked to, staff members, things of that sort, and that it's going to be an ongoing and a lengthy process. This isn't a quick turnaround deal. This is, if you can't make a mistake on this case, oh man, I'm sorry, on this investigation, because there's too many things that they can lead to in terms of how owners are viewed in the future, uh, how teams are viewed. I mean, all, all, every, everything off of this, uh, with the, with, with the, with the racism and the misogyny and there's just too much there to let this and to not do what you got to do to do the most thorough job you can, because any slip up, uh, they, and it comes out, it's not a good look, it's a horrible look. So a lot of things that, <laughs> that needs to be handled and addressed before we even uh, get to an ending point on this. But I think it's obvious that the league knows the importance of this investigation and, and they should, and, and they'll treat it as such. But um, we're all digging. We're all digging. So just trying to figure out who, who, who's talked to, who's not. And it can be a slow drip to determine that. But, you know, they're on it. It's just a matter of them staying on it and being diligent. And because when you're in a situation like this, you can't have, you can't have any, you can't have any slip ups. Can't have any slip ups because if you do, uh, that's going to lead to further issues later. Well, you know, you talk about not having a slip up with Sarver. Um, I'll transition a little bit back to basketball on the court. Um, you know, one guy who hasn't slipped up defensively is, uh, Mikhail Bridges. Um, I think it was Chris Paul that mentioned that, you know, Mikhail is a guy that should absolutely get all defensive team, uh, consideration i mean what what has been the vibe from cp3 and these guys about kind of pushing for mikhail to get that all defensive team uh consideration and and why like you know seeing him on a nightly basis what what is he doing to try to merit that um at this point well well, monty williams said the same thing he said it before chris did so so definitely a push for him to be on the all-defensive team. And he came close. Now, last year, you know, he came close. So so I, I just think, for me, it's just a, this is just a natural progression. You know, you come in the league, and, you know, he, he was getting cooked early. You know, James Hard, I mean, he was having, but he was guarding those guys. You know, he wasn't backing down from the challenge. He was being asked to guard the best offensive players in the league. So he went through that, and then he got better. He got a little stronger. And he, I started understanding his, you know, how to defend in this league. And Willie Green helped out that, helped him out tremendously in that. Willie Green should be getting kudos for the growth of Mikhail uh, being a defender in this league. He coached the defense when he was the lead assistant with the Suns, and Mikhail was one of his, one of his prized uh, pupils in that sense. So, so it, it, to me, it's just leading up to him. He's got, you know, he's going to, I, I believe he will, he's going to make it this year anyway. It just it was a matter of, you know, getting getting the name out there of him being viewed as that guy because uh, you know he 
he's someone that 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 so his his ability is one thing. He's got a wingspan that's ridiculous, and he moves not only laterally well, but he's able to get from point A to point B as good as it gets in rotating and and challenging shots and and then being in a spot that he needs to be in, being that wide receiver that he, but he was when he, you know, when he was a kid. All those things play into him having this ability to guard multiple guys, you know, from, and he'll guard a guy, you know, he'll guard a post guy and like a, like a stretch four, he'll guard a point guard. He picks up Dame, he's picking up Dame Lillard full court. I mean, it's just, you know, so he, he, he's, he's still doing what he's always done. It's just that there's more attention on the team because the team is winning and now fully seeing it. So I don't think there's any doubt he'll make the team. He'll make all defense for the first or second. I just think the Suns are doing their part and <laughs> making sure that people know how good of a defender he is. But I think that was going to happen anyway. I think that I, I think that was going to happen. I think it will happen because he's going to get these multiple opportunities to guard these great scores and he's going to hold his own. More times than not, then there's going to be times where he's going to be just locking guys up. So, uh, so he 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 he's right there where he needs to be in terms of getting that. And again, I wouldn't be shocked at all if he didn't make first or second team all all, all defense. But that's the process. I, I it just is. You, you just you just don't just come out rookie year and make it. But those lumps he took as a rookie was the beginning of him being in this place right now of being in a position that where, where he will make it. You know, you talked about not being shocked about him making all defensive team. I could certainly see that case. But I will tell you, Dwayne, one thing that did shock me personally, and several people around the league were surprised when the Suns didn't pick up the third-year rookie scale option on Jalen right. Smith. Jalen Smith. Now, right. since – and I believe I saw this on uh, – it might have been bright side of the sun, but since 2009, only three players selected in the lottery have seen their third-year player option declined, including Smith. And the others, of course, were former Suns lottery picks, Kendall Marshall and Earl Clark. I was curious if you had any insight into why uh, that option was declined, because like I had mentioned, it, it surprised several people around the league and you know, I had heard over the summer that they had kind of dangled him a little bit in trade talks and on my, you know, which on my 30 team list of which guys could be traded. I, I certainly picked him uh, for the Suns. Well, the, the first thing is that, you know, he he's he hasn't he hasn't really well, not even really, he just hasn't been someone that's in the rotation. So the value of him is like, well, he's not in the rotation and he's not playing. And this is now, you know, you know, he's going into a situation where it's like, hey, man, you know, he's, he's not part of that, of, of the meat of this team. So that's, so that's the first, the first thing that would, that gives you signs of, okay, well, they don't think of him as highly as they did when they drafted him. So that's, that's one. And then two, you know, it, it's you're in a situation where you're a player and you're playing on this team that Monty Williams calls a work team. And so so you've got to be able to meet that on a daily basis. 
And I can remember talking with people last year and they were saying that, you know, he wasn't doing that on a consistent basis in terms of, in terms of, you know, competing the way they would like for him to compete. And so I don't know if that's carried over into this year. You thought during the summer league, the way he played, that was encouraging in terms of him being able to have an opportunity. But if you just, if you just look at their situation, you have Dario Sarge who was out, right? You have uh, Frank Kaminsky, who, if you just look at the four players, the four bigs, DeAndre, JaVale, Jalen, and Frank, just off talent alone, you would think that Jalen Smith would be the third guy. So, but he's not. You know, Frank Kaminsky was getting the minutes when DeAndre was out. So now he's like the fourth guy. And, you know, there's been situations where, you know, when you're talking about practice after games, I mean, after, I mean, after practice where they're, you know, getting in some work, you know, he, you know, he, he's not, he's not act in, in those groups with, 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 with the rotational guy. So the messages are being sent, you know what I mean? Like, okay, you should be playing in front of Frank, but you're not. They're playing Abdul Nader and you're, he's not playing. So clearly, they're 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 showing that he's not uh, of the value to to, to 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 make that move of picking up that third year. And then on top of that, um, I just look at him, and what's interesting about him is that he is a he has five man principles in terms of how he plays but he has a four-man body, and he shoots like a three. His shot, um, I and mean, he can knock. I mean, you, you've seen after practice getting up shot. He can, he can knock down threes. You know, it's like, wow, this, this, kid, this kid can shoot. So how do you fit that skill set into what the Suns have? How does that, how does that, how does that fit in with what they've already got and how they're already playing. So I think it's a challenge in trying to make that work. And so when you're in a with a team that's trying to win a championship, then you keep developing, you keep this role of him trying to develop him, or do you do what they did? They don't have a they don't have a G League team. So it isn't like they could just send him down and do that to help develop him. So they don't. So there's so there's things in place that they've already established that doesn't bode well for him. I I I I watch games and I go like, wow, like this might be the game. Like the other night, um, they played uh, Denver, I believe, and Frank was out and Nader was out. I asked coach, I'm like, is this the game for Jalen Smith to play? He said, we'll see. That was it. That was it. And he got in in the last six minutes of the game, that a game that was over. The Suns won one twenty six ninety seven. So signs, <laughs> the signs are there that they don't see him in the same way that they did that would warrant drafting him tenth overall. And it's unfortunate for him because I think that he's talented. I think that he can do a like he can really be a good player in this league. 
but I don't think it's going to be the Phoenix, unfortunately. Well, I think somebody might try to pick this kid up at the deadline and take a shot or, you know, even come free agency for all those points you mentioned. And, you know, Dwayne, I'll leave you with this. I mean, this team has been on a roll ever since, you know, Chris Paul got here and, you know, how it works in this league. When you start winning, other teams want to pluck from your success. And, you know, one guy I think is a name to keep an eye on for future head coaching openings around the league with the more success Phoenix has had is their associate head coach, Kevin Young. Some, Kevin Young. Right. So, some people yeah. don't remember him from when he was with the 76ers too. Um, you know, Dwayne, I mean, I, I was curious being around his team every day. I mean, I know he, he works a lot with the offense, but what what has been his kind of role with this team and, and helping them get to where they are? Because, you know, Kevin Young's a guy that had, you know, multiple interviews uh, for head coaching jobs last summer, certainly – um, he ended up back in Phoenix, but certainly a guy to watch uh, for this summer and potential jobs. Oh, no, no question. I mean, he, he's, he's, he's from that G League pool, you know, the Nick Nurses, you know, Taylor Jenkins. He, he's, he, he's from that, you know, where you, you know, you, you know, you, you developed your, you honed your skills and then you become, and then you become an assistant and, or you just become a straight head coach, you know what I mean? So, I definitely feel like he's someone that that will get that up, that will get that opportunity. And plus, now the Suns have established. Okay, you go there. Willie Green now set the precedent. All right, well, who's next? Well, looks like Kevin Young is next. But as far as offensively, what they're doing is it's constant wrinkles within the offense, and 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 Aiden. And we started the conversation with Aiden. But they ran a play last night where he sealed off inside. He got a diagonal pass from Booker for a layup. But usually he would get the ball in the block. He'd look around and then he would, you know, try to make a move. But that right there was a different look. And so that's, you know, Kevin is so so involved with that offense. You know that he. He's constantly thinking of different ways to get these guys opportunities. And so if you look at Mikael Bridges' development, his ability now to put it on the floor and shoot from mid-range. Looking at Cam Johnson, uh, him offensively, you know, being more versatile now, getting to the basket off the dribble. And so all these different guys, them finding ways not only showcase them individually, but do it within – a team, uh, you know, a team format, you know, as Booker would say, best available shot. That's hard to do because usually it's just, you know, you got one or two guys that dominate the ball. And I think Chris and then Devin don't dominate the ball. But uh, to get the other guys involved and have them play their style, have it all mixed together, and then succeed with that. And then like Landry Shamit. Took him a while to finally convince him to just let it fly. But now Landry Shamit, he gets the ball going up. And so that's what, you know, the part of that is is is, is the coaching and getting guys the confidence that, okay, hey, look, you know, you, you, you can do that. And don't worry about missing. And so when the offense is as versatile as it is and multiple guys are getting shots, and 
you're the you're the lead assistant and you run the offense and you're going to get a lot of credit for what's happening, what he well deserves, well, somebody's going to give you that opportunity. And it's going to be up to him whether he wants to take it. I, I, I think that's thing where when I look at Willie, I think it was up to him. You know, he didn't have to take him to the Pelican job. He could have easily kicked back, came back for another season. So I think it's going to be up to Kevin when that opportunity comes, whether he wants to take it or not. Does he want to stay and need to hone his skills or does he want to take that challenge? And so that's a great spot to be in for someone who has worked the way he worked, the way Willie Green worked. So it's all part of now what the Suns have developed. And he's in that situation where he can now benefit from that, along with his own work, his own hard work. So, so yeah, Kevin, Kevin Young should definitely he, – he will continue to be your top candidate. And I would not be surprised if we go into next season – uh, him him being someone that's running his own team. I wouldn't be shocked by that at all because they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to make a deep run, and he's going to have a say in that. And because of that, uh, he should definitely be in the running for a job too because it always jobs up. I always so funny. People always like, towards the end, you know, you'll hear it from, hey, man, uh, how come they didn't let this person go, man? What? I'm like, dude, just give it some time. <laughs> job openings will happen. Or or job openings are covered, and then next thing you know, it's like five, six jobs available. It happens every year. So it's going to happen again probably this year, and he'll be in the running for one of them for sure, if not more than one. You know, it's always funny to see the coaching carousel. It's almost as entertaining off the court as it is, you know, watching these guys coach and the players on the court. But, you know, Dwayne, we certainly touched a lot of – on a lot of Phoenix Suns topics. I appreciate you coming on, brother. Thanks for joining me. It was a pleasure. Oh, no problem. Same here. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. And also want to thank everybody else for tuning in. And if you want to hear more episodes of the Hoopside Podcast with guest appearances from NBA players, coaches, executives, and media members such as Dwayne Rankin, you can like and subscribe to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You can also keep up with my tweets on Twitter at Mike A. Scotto. Make sure you're following Dwayne too. He's at Dwayne Rankin. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Scotto, wishing you and yours all the best.